Yo, welcome back, Ridge Runner Nation, to another episode of Ridge Runners Live. This time with Brian Polin, the race director of the Super Bowl Trail Championships. If you've never heard of this race, well, this race is going on year five, and it takes place in Worcester, Ohio. This race is always loaded with some of the best runners in the Midwest. On this episode, we get the inside scoop from Brian about this year's race and kind of how the race kind of started. Sit back, relax, and I know you're going to enjoy this one. What is up, Ridge Runner Nation? Welcome back to episode 48 of Ridge Runners Live. We are so stoked to be joined tonight by Brian Poland, who you may remember from episode 15 of our show actually recorded after he ran across the state of Ohio in three days. Res Wesley's got the shirt there repping. Um, if I sat here and listed all of his accomplishments, we would be here all night just trying to get this show off the ground. Brian has ran in and competed in some of the absolute toughest uh, races in the state of Ohio, uh, soon to be competing in probably the most stacked race field ever in the state of Ohio at Ohio's Backyard Ultra here soon. My promise that, you know, I'd beat Nick Voss by 20 miles. This guy's in danger of beating Nick Voss by maybe something like 20 hours. You know, we'll have to uh, see how things go on that weekend in Lucasville, but we're so stoked to be joined by him, uh, be joined uh, tonight by him uh, to discuss his race coming up. Actually, before that, probably the only other race in the state of Ohio that might have as deep of a field as the Ohio's Backyard Ultra, the Super Bowl 50K. Brian, how are you doing tonight? Man, I am. I am doing fantastic. And at some point, between now and the Ohio Backyard Ultra, you guys got to tell me where in the world that race is because I, I can't just get in my car and start driving around. I'll never find it. So Lucasville, is that what you said? Uh, so it's kind of near Lucasville, but then you're going to go off on this road and it's going to, there's another road, you know how <laughs> Oh, okay. it, it yeah, goes like right a right and then there's a left and you're going to go on the right. You'll learn when you're there that people give directions like that in the country. Um, hopefully you can get the GPS loaded before you get down there because cell phone service is not a thing. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. So I figure, I mean, it's a hard race already and it's a stacked field, but the hardest part for me is going to be literally getting there. So if I get there, game on. <laughs> All right. We love to hear that. As always, I am joined by Wesley Harton, the better host. Uh, how are things going out there in Utah, Wesley? You know, things are going really good, Cam. I was having an absolutely fantastic day. You know, things were firing in all cylinders. And then I saw Brian hop on this call. And when he did that, you know, I just had flashbacks to a very dark time. Uh, there was a moment in time when Brian stole beer from me. You know, I was traveling around the country for work, you know, trying to save all my monies. And this guy goes to Canal Corridor and finishes top five to win a bet versus me. And I have to send him a case of beer. So uh, I just want to start off things, you know, Brian, I just want to apology. You know, I just want you to apologize apologize the show to the world uh, for stealing that case of beer for me this past summer. Yeah. And you know what? I'm a man of my word. I'm going to go ahead and apologize. John, I'm sorry you had to run that beer to my house on Wesley's behalf. I apologize. I'm very sorry. That is awesome. Uh, no, it's, it's great to have you on uh, again, Brian. Uh, it's going to be an awesome show tonight. Uh, let's start off with how we normally start things off. Uh, what is everyone drinking tonight? We'll start with you, Brian. Oh man, I'm glad you asked. And I, I hate to I hate to be this way, but this is gonna blow your mind right out of the gates. So I'm drinking a apricot actually from our sponsor, our partner for the Super Bowl Trail Championships, JFB. And you'll notice I'm drinking this thing in a cup. All right. This is what we call Worcester is so hip. We have what was called a Dora, a downtown out outdoor uh, refreshment area, Dora. Okay. So this beer, okay. I went and bought this at the local brewery. And then I walked on the sidewalk outside down to my store and walked right in the front door in Worcester. You can do that. That is that not mind blowing. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. You so, gotta... so we, we have certain streets that are sectioned off as being an outdoor refreshment area. So you can walk into a, a local establishment grab a beer, walk around, come into vertical runner. You can shop, you can hang out, look at apparel, look at shoes, enjoy your, your drink. Likely if you drink more, you're probably going to spend more. So it's like, uh, it's, it's a perpetual, um, thing here, but apricot actually from JFB, how do you beat that? Very fresh too. I just walked it down here. 
That's awesome. And, you know, it's cool that you can, people can literally just go drink beer in your running store. Uh, that's probably one of the most unique things. So, you know, if you want to ever stop by, uh, definitely go check out Brian's store uh, in Worcester. Uh, Cam, what are you drinking? All right. Well, I knew we were going to have Brian on the show and I didn't have any bush lights in the fridge. <laughs> so I knew I needed something that was going to bring the energy. So I've got a Wolf's Ridge Brewing Daybreak, which is a coffee vanilla ale which I bought as I buy most beers because I thought the can looked cool, uh, but literally has coffee in it. So first time I drank one of these, I was up all night. Hopefully this is going to bring the energy for the show. Awesome. Awesome. I've got a Unita Brewing Company, Clear Days, Juicy IPA, Salt Lake beer. I uh, got it today, 6%. So I was actually kind of, I didn't know they went up to 6% out here. So I'm really pumped about that. Uh, it's going to be Good to dive into that in a little bit. Uh, for those of you that uh, note, just watching us for the first time, you know, you can find the show on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our name is Ridge Runners on all platforms. Uh, if you guys have any questions for Brian in the chat as well, we're going to be diving. I'll be in there kind of monitoring that and diving into a ton of different questions. But I'm going to start off by throwing it over to Cam to ask our first question of the night. Yeah, of course. Um, and as we said, you know, we had you on after your run across the state of Ohio, and we definitely could have had you on and probably should have after some of those great race results you've had in the past. But tonight we've got you on, Brian, to talk about the Super Bull 50K Trail Championships. You'll notice I said bull. I feel like a lot of people pronounce it Super Bowl, and there's a little <laughs> bit of confusion there. Uh, I always keep reminding people we're also Ridge Runners with one N because nobody can find our podcast, including me, when I first joined the team. But Brian, um, tell us, the Super Bowl 50K is coming up. Um, why did you start this race? Uh, and I know for me, I get a lot of joy out of like showing people a new area or sharing like a different trail with somebody that they've never been to before. Was something like that kind of your motivation? Or were you just liking to put on something that was like this fast elite field where people could really come out and test their limits? Yeah. So the, the true reason there is we, we partnered. So we've got this amazing park right in town, Worcester Memorial park, and it's about eight, almost nine miles of trail running. And it's honestly, it's an amazing resource for us locally. You know, if you want to go and get some huge gain or you want to go and work on going fast, I mean, it has everything to offer. The one thing that it doesn't do well is it doesn't market itself. I mean, people in Worcester don't even know that place exists. Um, so we, about six years ago, we started working with, uh, the board at Worcester Memorial park and they came to us and said, Hey, we need some help. We are uh, filing for a grant to try and acquire somewhere in the range of, I think it was 70 new acres. And one of the pieces on that grant was they needed to have sustainability or fundraising. And they were not very good fundraisers. They're awesome at writing grants, but they're not very good fundraisers. So they came to us and said, could you guys come up with an annual fundraiser that might help us satisfy this piece of our grant. And to me, I'm like, yes, of course. I mean, why don't we put on a race out here? This place has never been raced before. It's epic. I mean, it's something that we can really kind of hang our hat on. And I've always wanted to bring, bring some of the best trail runners in the state and beyond to our little hometown here and let them duke it out on our trail system. So we said, yeah, let's do it. But it wasn't just a fundraiser. It was also a friend raising event. We wanted to get people local and non, non-locals to come and see our park and then keep coming back. Um, Cause that's the one thing that that trail system was missing was trail traffic, people running it, keeping the trails open. Um, in the early days of me running at Worcester Memorial Park in the summer, I would run it and some of the trails were like closed. I mean, the nettles were so thick that you couldn't even get through some of the trails. And that that's something we never have to worry about now because there's hundreds of runners out there on a weekly basis. So for us, it was, Hey, satisfy this piece of the grant, acquire a huge new piece of property. And let's also open the eyes to a lot of people that this park exists. Yeah, that's super great to hear, Brian. Uh, I mean, I, myself, you know, I was living in Canton with my sister a little while ago, never once stopped at Worcester Memorial park to run actively yeah. drove through it many times to get to other places to run. So that's some good news for me. Another trail to check out around here. But this is now year five of this race. How has the race kind of grown and changed over the years uh, from that initial starting point? Yeah. So in our early days, um, you know, launching a new race is uh, 
boy, that is a labor of love. Like it is really hard, especially in a very saturated market. Anyhow, I mean, there's so many trail races on in a normal year. Um, right now there's not so many races, but in a normal year, you just get online and type your data in and say ultra and you get a thousand hits. I mean, you're choosing which race you want to go to. So in the early days I was doing stupid things like, Hey, if you sign up by Christmas, I'll run a mile for every person who signs up. So I think one year I ran like a random 60 miler, um, to, to make good on the 60 people that signed up in year one and just anything we could do to get people out there. But our concept was always like, we wanted it to be an event. So when you sign up, you're part of this family of runners um, that are going to all race at Worcester Memorial Park at the Super Bowl Trail Championships. And so pre-race communication, we try and keep you included. We have group runs um, in the months leading up. You know, three, We had three group runs this year where 40, 50, 60 people showed up and ran the course. Uh, when you show up, you get amazing swag. I mean, like this year, you're getting the, the uh, packable puppy vest, uh, which is my favorite item. Or you could upgrade if you made a, a donation to the park. Um, $20 donation, you can get a vest or a, a jacket. So, you know, what race are you going to where you're getting this puppy jacket uh, with a cool embroidery on it? Um, and then even the race day experience. I mean, the, the course is awesome. Um, Post-race, you know, my wife's making chili and we're, we're firing up uh, grilled cheese and people are hanging out and they're having a really good time. And then there's a post-race party at the local brewery. And it's like, it's not a show up race and go home. It's a full day event. And so after year one, I think we maybe had 140, 150 runners. We really like scraped to find any runner we could. I think I was, some of my family members, I'm like, Hey, come run this race. We're a little short on runners. Um, when people came and they saw what it was all about, um, the next year we were 250 and then the next year we're 300 and this year we're 350. I mean, it was just rapid growth because word of mouth is huge. I mean, you can make a sponsored Facebook ad or you can email blast a bunch of people, but if your friends tell you, you got to come run this amazing race down in Worcester. That means way more than any marketing we can do. So we, we do our best to give people a full day experience and then it pays off. I mean, the race is growing like crazy. Yeah, that's great to hear. We certainly love those races with that like deep community feeling. Um, and I also got to say an embroidered puffy vest just for entering the race. That seems like something that like only the winner usually gets, right? It's just like, some first class treatment right there. Well, and, and it's, it is. And actually, um, due to, um, some of our COVID precautions that we have in place, um, we've had packet pickup at the store all week and it's been awesome. I mean, people come in and they rip their packet open and they put their jacket on and they walk out the door. Like, look at me. I am awesome. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're pretty awesome. I mean, there's no question about it. So people are already digging it. And, uh, I think it'll just add to the value that we bring. We're at 350 people this year. That's the max for us. I mean, it is a small, quaint little park um, where parking is at a premium. So, um, you know, we're, we're sold out. I think we've been sold out for like two and a half months, which as a race director is a dream come true. Um, it's, it's amazing not having to worry about marketing. You can worry about race implementation and making sure everybody has a great day and putting those little final touches, you know, embroidering. We have a, a group of 40 people we call founders. Um, they're folks that have run every year with us. Um, so I'm embroidering, you know, the word founder on their jacket so that they kind of have some special special designations. And those are the little touches you can put in um, when you don't have to worry about, hey, are we going to have enough runners to make this worthwhile? Yeah, of course. That's really great to hear. Definitely has already kind of made my watch list for next year. You know, we'll, uh, we'll see how things go this year. Um, I, but I, 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 I've told Brian this multiple years now, it's two years where I'm like, Hey, I'm going to run your race. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then I like move across the country. I moved to a different state, literally like a yeah. week before, mm -hmm. you know, the race. And, uh, no, next year I was already thinking about it. You know, uh, this is probably gonna be one of my A races for next year. And it's like a perfect timing of the year to start things off. And because of that, you know, I think you've gotten a lot of really talented runners. I mean, your field is always, it's been fast, but uh, I think the runners that come to your race are just super talented. Uh, why do you think that yields to that? Like, how do you think you've attracted some of the best runners in Ohio and then the surrounding states as well to kind of come run your local trails? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I really don't. I know that the time of year is very good. So people are, you know, training hard through the winter. Winter is kind of a great base building time, but I personally think it's because of our local crew. 
I mean, when you start looking at the list and you'll see that a lot of these people are from 20, 30 minutes away and, you know, where can you go in any ultra where it's 10, 12 runners deep? You can't, um, for whatever reason, I talked to Michael Owen about this before, um, fast runners stay away from each other. I never understand that. Like races are two or three people deep and that's it. Um, it's, you know, you know, one of these two or three people are going to win and then it's the rest of the field. And then three other fast runners will go to another race and it's two, three people deep. And then it's the rest of the field. Um, at our particular race, um, I think people come here to throw down and compete. And we've got some people like Gabe Rainwater, Jacob Conrad, Arlen Glick, Zach Marin that are all from very close. Um, they come here every year. So, you know, if you come, you're going to have people to push you. Uh, there's no question about it. So, um, it's been amazing watching some of these other names pop into the list. And also like guys like Gabe and Jacob, they were kind of born here. I mean, this is where they started to pop on people's radar. Like, geez, Gabe won this thing back in 2018. And, uh, where did he come from? You know? And then all of a sudden you see him winning other races and you see him popping up all over the place. And same with Zach Marin. Zach comes here and all of a sudden he wins and you're like, Oh, well, that was something. I never even heard of this guy. And then all of a sudden he's crushing it everywhere else. And you're like, Oh yeah, that's the guy that got first place in the Super Bowl. So I think people know they can come here and find good competition and you know, you're going to get treated very well and it's early season. So why not? I mean, my, my only saving grace is that I have to be the race director. So I can't get my butt kicked by all these guys on the list. So I have a legit excuse. Wesley, running halfway across the country to get from keep from getting his butt kicked. That's a little lame, honestly. I mean, what are you going to do? So I can't wait to see you come race this race. I, I cannot wait. I, I don't believe it, but I can't wait to see it. It'd be like a decade odd. You know what I mean? Like every year, <laughs> it's just like a decade of the running making joke. hollow promises. <laughs> it's going to be the running joke. He's like, Oh, I just couldn't make it. Shoot. Oh, next year. Yeah. Next year. All right. Well, here's hoping that that doesn't actually become true, but um, you talk about the deep competitive field at this race and we know Travis Zipfel has been on his horse at this one in the past. Um, what is the course like at uh, Worcester Memorial Park? You know, is it super flat, wide, runnable, or is it kind of technical in sections and more difficult than people might suspect based on the times? Yeah, I, I think that's what um, intrigues people and keeps them coming back is this park has everything to offer. I mean, everything you can think of. I mean, it's got open field, um, especially at the start of the race where we try and thin out the runner traffic. It's got some gnarly single track. Um, it's got some really cool, uh, Creek crossings. Um, I, I saw some stuff posted on our Facebook page this week. Somebody was out there, um, checking the, uh, the course conditions and the water was like up to, uh, I don't know, mid, mid thigh um, on the two Creek crossings and it was rushing. So all the, all the local farmlands drain into this one little ravine. Um, and we had so much snow that was melting with these 50 degree days that it was just rushing. Um, now they went back out there today and it's like ankle deep. Um, but it's, it makes for some amazing photos, people just ripping through that water. Um, we've got really steep ravines. So there are, um, kind of, um, you're up on kind of a knife ridge, um, where it's just, I don't want to say death on both sides, but you need to be careful. I mean, you go down, you're going down. So it kind of gives people that little bit of sense of adventure. And, you know, it reminds me of kind of running out West where if you take one wrong step, it's not good. Um, we've got that. We've also got some awesome bridges. I mean, everything you can think of uphills, downhills, it's, you know, it's a 7.75 mile loop. The 50 Kers do it four times. It's about 1,100 feet of gain on each loop. So you're going to cover 4,500 feet of gain. So flat, no. Um, fast, it can be. Um, it certainly can be. I mean, David's course record of 402 is fast um, for a 50K. So um, definitely there's there's an opportunity to go fast. It just matters, do you need to? And in this particular field, yeah, you're going to have to go pretty darn fast. Yeah, that's uh, that's really good to hear. I've been informed by uh, by our producer off uh, screen that um, Travis Siffle has not run the Super Bowl 50K, but no. you know, hopefully he'll be in it this year. And uh, I'll just, you know, I want to say that that's on the intern. He didn't he didn't prepare our notes correctly before the show, but <laughs> that's that's on me, boys. I'll, well, I'll take the blame for that one. And I'm kind of glad to hear that because I was getting ready to correct you, but uh, it's good that you're getting hit uh, behind the scenes on that. So that's great. Yeah, don't frankly know what i confused that race with but you know i remember well, him winning he, something 
<laughs> yeah, he's been running the Regal Beagle for years. So um, with travel, Travis, I've mm. been trying to recruit him to come run this race and just never work, quite works out for him. Um, but gosh, uh, when was it? 2019. Um, I, we, we time a race for a really sweet race director, Jen Douglas. It's a Regal Beagle and how Travis even knows that race exists. I have no idea. Like this guy must have a hook or a line on every tiny 50 K in the country, because this thing is like really small, really quaint, really cool grassroots event. But he showed up there the first year and just like smoked the, the course, got the course record first year, of course. And then the next year I went there little different course. And I think I got his course record and you know, Travis isn't about to let that go down. So the next year I show up at the start line and I usually don't race it. I just go there and run, run hard and have fun. Or my timing teams there. Well, I show up and the first mile I, I say hi to Travis, like, Hey, good to see you, Travis. They say, go boom. Like he was off like a rocket. I think he said his first mile was 520, 522, something like that. And no one ever saw him again. I mean, it was unbelievable. I was like, what is this guy doing? And then he never slowed down. I mean, he was just flying the whole, the whole race. So he's got some really stout, um, course record, but very much like Wesley, he always comes up with a really terrible excuse why he misses the Super Bowl. except this year. Um, I think they have a baby on the way or they just had a baby. I'm not sure. Um, but his wife told him, I think maybe he's annoying her a little bit. Um, cause she told him you need to go race. So he signed up and he's in. So we're excited to see him race. Yeah, they just had their baby about a month ago now, and uh, yeah, awesome. as of now, he's still he's still in for this weekend, so it's gonna be exciting. But I remember, I think on your Strava post for that race, you're like, someone's got to stop Travis. Like, oh my god, it was it was silly. It, it it reminded me, I put that post on there. It was a, a nod to to Prefontaine, where you know he would start out that that uh, track event and, and go fast. And then he would only speed up from there. And that's basically what Travis reminded me of. I mean, I was like running my brains out, trying not to get lapped. I think it was five mile loops. And I was just, I was looking over my shoulder, just like, he's going to be coming up on me. I know he is. Um, it, he was insane. I think he ran like four twenty seven or something for a trail 50 K that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. No, or I, I take, I take it back. I think it was like three twenty seven. <laughs> Uh, seriously, I think it was like 327. I'm total. I'm an hour off. It was insane. It was sub seven minute miles for a trail 50K. That, that's ridiculous. Absolutely crazy. So I guess, you know, as a race director, when you're kind of always pulling for, you know, course records to be broken. And, you know, I think that could definitely happen this weekend at the Super Bowl 50K and the other distances as well. Looking at the kind of the entrance list and just kind of going through it, do you think certain course records could be broken this year? And uh, if so, which ones do you think they'll be? Yeah. So I, I'm predicting that if we have, um, favorable trail conditions that, you know, we don't just have a 50 K we have a 50 K we have a 25 K 12 and a half K and a five K. So the concept there is if you want to support the park, you want to get into trail running, we want to have a distance for everyone. And we do, um, if the trails are favorable, I think we will see a course record in every single distance, every single distance. The, uh, in the, in the men's 50 K, I really can't tell you who it's going to be. Um, I don't ever really root for course records. I could care less if there's no money for a course record. I don't really care. What I want to see is I want to see a race. So I want to see six, seven, eight guys battling out deep into loop three. And all of a sudden now it's a throw down in loop four. So to me, that's exciting. Uh, more than one guy going out and just blitzing the course. I want to see a good competition. Um, but this year, um, you know, some of these guys, uh, you know, David Riddle is out of Cincinnati is more than capable of going under four hours. Um, uh, I know he can. And when he gets going, there's some guys on that list. You know, I don't see that Travis is the kind of guy that just says, oh, okay, cool. David's here. Second place is pretty good. Like, I, I just don't see that happening. Um, and then you've got guys like Arlen Glick, you know, Arlen is the kind of guy that as the race gets longer, like if this were a hundred miler, it would be Arlen and then the rest of the field chasing him. But Arlen's been winning everything. I also don't see Arlen necessarily as the kind of guy that just comes in and says, yeah, okay, cool. I'll just place fifth, sixth, seventh place. I think that he's going to get competitive. He's used to running up front and could make for an epic fail at the end, or it could make for an amazing uh, finish. I mean, the guy's 28 years old. Um, he's still trying to figure out how fast he can be. So a lot of growth there. And then you've got our stable of, of, solid runners, Jacob Conrad, you got Zach Marin, who I'm not sure what kind of shape Zach's in. I know he can get fit really fast. Um, he, um, I don't know if you were watching his performance at tunnel Hill, 
but ran sub 14 in the hundred mile. Um, and then kind of took a little bit of time off deservingly. Um, so I'm not sure where his fitness is, but if he's, he's last year's champ. So when he's fit, he can go as fast as anybody. And then you've got Gabe, um, you know, Gabe is kind of that guy. People forget he's won the race before. Um, he finishes in four hours and something teen minutes every single year. So is he going to go out there and break four hours? I don't think so. But if somebody makes a mistake, they're going to turn around and be like, Oh my God, there's freaking rainwater right behind me. I get, you know, he's just that guy that's always going to be in it. And then what gets me excited is seeing some guys that are kind of transitioning over, like, um, a guy named Andrew Riggins out of Cuyahoga, Cuyahoga Falls. The guy's a sub one ten half marathoner. So it's not like he can't run. Now, has he done 50K? I mean, he's run 50K before. It's been a few years, but the dude's got wheels. So it's going to be fun to kind of watch him fly around out there. And then you've got um, kind of a whole second group. Oh, I also forgot this other guy, Michael Owen. Um, so he's my wild card. Like, what, what, what kind of shape is he going to come in? You know, I know that he's a ghost on Strava. I know he doesn't post all of his runs on Strava. It's what he does. So he's out there doing a secret training. Then he posts like a four miler on Strava. He's like, Oh, still trying to get shaped. The guy could show up here and just dominate everybody. I mean, he's got the talent to do it. So it's going to be interesting just to see how people approach it. Um, how people race this thing. Um, I will say that the people that know the course, the people that know the route, um, are going to be at a huge advantage at least early. Um, but it's 7.75 mile loop. You're going to do it four times. So even if you're from out of town, like David or Michael, um, you're going to come in, you're going to know the course after the first loop, and then you can kind of react accordingly. So the 50 K men's field is going to be insane. And then you look at the ladies field and the ladies field is always, um, stout, but it's never deep. Like the men's field, it's always deep. Uh, the women's field is usually stout this year. I really don't know what happened, but we've got three absolute studs in this race. Um, you know, I would be crazy if I didn't mention Andrew White, um, who was second place two years ago, won the event um, that last year. She trains on the course all the time. She's tried and true. She knows what she's doing out there. Um, but boy, she's got her, her work cut out for her with Heidi. Um, I don't know if you guys know Heidi, and I'm going to butcher her last name, but Agarand, or I'm not really sure how to pronounce her last name, but um, she kind of popped onto the scene last year at Mohican when she won the whole 50 mile. I, and that doesn't mean she won the female division. Like she just smoked everybody. Um, and, and so we were timing that event and I saw her name pop up there and I'm like, well, that's, that's odd. I don't even know who that is. And then uh, a few months back, we had a very grassroots fundraiser event um, called Uncle Doug's Six Hour Challenge. It was awesome. And it was also a great way for my team, Long Vert, to just smoke everybody in the Winter Virtual Challenge. Uh, had to throw that in there, too. Uh, but anyway, I mean, our team threw up like 160 miles and like 25,000 feet of gain in one day. So that made it a little unfair. But we're, we're running the first couple loops, two and, a, two and a half mile loops. And it's me, Jacob, Gabe, some other really quicker guys and one lady. And I'm like, what's going on here? Really wonderful young lady. But I'm like, what's going on here? Loop two, she's with us. Loop three, she's with us. Loop four, she's with us. And so now we're like 10 miles in and we're blitzing the course. And then loop five, she's ahead of me. And then loop six, I can't see her. And then loop seven, I go past this little out and back section. She's still running with Jacob. And I'm like, who the heck is this girl? So I find out who she is and I find out her credentials. And I talk to her about the Super Bowl trail championships. And she's like, oh yeah, I got to be a part of that. Uh, for sure. So it's going to be exciting to have her here. And I know she's fit and I know she's going to come here to race. Um, and then you got um, somebody who's not going to be new to you guys is Sarah Beal. And um, Sarah is, has run in the Olympic trials and the marathon. Um, and you might say, well, you know, she's a marathoner. This isn't a marathon. This is a trail 50 K. Well, she went to JFK last year and placed in the top 10. So it's not like she doesn't know how to run long, 50 miles, a lot harder than 50 K. Um, so she's going to be tough, um, to beat. And I actually almost had her training partner, um, here. Um, she has a training partner that, that ran for my best, one of my best friends in high school and, oh man, I almost had her. So I think in the future, this ladies field will continue to grow. Um, especially if, um, Heidi and, and Sarah and, and Andrea come here and duke it out. I think the ladies from even outside the state of Ohio will say, okay, I'm going to go there and I'm going to chase after some the one thing we never even mentioned, you know, cash, um, we have cash prizes for our winners. So it's all distances have cash prizes, which I think is 
pretty amazing and it's not something you see very often. So we'll be giving out $1,300 worth of cash, um, which doesn't make you rich, but it sure does feel good to win some prize money for sure. So. Yeah. I mean, have, Heidi, Heidi will definitely be trying to be going out there to get that, uh, you know, after doing what she did at uh, Mohican and, you know, kind of walking away with nothing last year, but she 740 at Mohican 50, she ran and Sarah Beal went 722 at JFK 50. And I mean, you could probably argue that Mohicans had more hills even last year than JFK. And so when you kind of move those two times together, I mean, that race is going to be the most exciting one on the day. And I think, you know, uh, those two specifically kind of, I'm going to make a prediction video kind of going over all the stats, which will be already set in Friday yeah. morning. So you guys can totally hear my total hot takes and all that stuff uh, yeah. uh, for the men's race as well. But uh, those two are definitely gonna be my two out front. I'll save who I think is going to win for later, but uh, it's going to be super fun just to watch that all go down. Yeah. And, and as exciting as the 50 K is the, the, the shorter distance races are always a blast to watch too. I mean, in the, in the men's 25 K, We've got two guys. One is uh, Dr. Jeff Wanning, um, who is kind of a local, you know, he's a 112 half marathon guy. Um, a couple of years ago, he was running side by side with David, with David Ryland. Um, whenever he broke the course record, they were right side by side in loop three. And uh, Dr. Jeff had a really bad ankle twist, um, which kind of knocked him out after loop three. So we know he's got even wheels on the trail. Um, he's going to be fought he's going to be fought tooth and nail by the guy i probably run the most miles with brent martin who's a 107 half marathon guy um but i will admit he is really not a trail runner um but he runs really incredibly fast every time he's on the trails he literally gets hurt um so i told him your only goal for this race is do not kill yourself um but he's fast i mean there's no question the guy can absolutely fly and then you've got guys that have placed in the top two, three, four, five coming back to chase after those guys. So I think that's going to be a blast. And the women's 25 K, um, I, I don't know if she's going to come. Um, but we have a, a young lady named Becky Newsbaum who is a two forties marathon girl. Um, she's incredibly fast. She's run, I don't know, a couple hundred miles on the course out there and she's targeting the 25 K. She's also targeting the Mohican marathon. Um, she is lightning quick. Um, she'll be pushing the men. Um, it's going to be one of those days where the guys are going to be busting it and then she's going to go flying right past them up a hill. Um, if she shows up, um, she also has been dealing with some injury stuff and we'll see what happens. And then the hometown favorite, Ruth Graham, she was second place last year. I think if Becky doesn't show up, Ruth's going to win the 25 K. Um, and she's an awesome trail runner. She likes the roads more, but she goes into the trail. Um, and then in the 12 and a half K, um, this is going to be insane. We have a local um, guy here, um, Kevin White, who is uh, a Layola grad, and he is a like a 144-800 guy who is now starting to stretch his distance out. And uh, I can't wait to see how fast he goes on the 12.5K. I'm expecting records to be broken there for sure. Um, and the women's field is super stacked too. So it's one of those things where every single distance is going to have people pushing for the record, and it's going to be really good racing. and. Uh, I, I think we're pretty lucky um, just to have all these people ascending on, on West Memorial Park here this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely stoked. Uh, the more I learn about this field, the more exciting it gets, you know. Uh, not many race directors, I feel like, are out there being like, oh, these are the people in the 12 and a half K that you need to look out for. You know, oh. it feels like the ultra distance is the one that they're, there's really a ton of investment in. And you've got top to bottom, right? Like a really stout field. So that's exciting to see. <clears throat> well, but, well, think think about it though. I mean, this mm -hmm. is where it all starts. You come here, like you have a, a kid, Kevin White. You know, he's 23 years old. He's a track athlete at a Division One powerhouse. He comes here and he dips his toe into the 12 and a half k, and he absolutely torches it. I mean, you know, just general nature of a competitor, he's going to wonder. I wonder what would happen if I ran like two loops and did the 25 k, and now all of a sudden he goes out and torches the 25 k, and now he's watching these guys come through the 50 k going wonder how it would stack up against those guys. And next thing you know, he's a 27 year old stud who's just beating everybody across the country. And they're like, where did you get your start? Oh, what's Memorial park. I ran the 12 and a half K trail race. Yeah. You might think it's very insignificant, but to me it's huge. You know, it's, it's entry level into the sport. And in a year where road races were canceled, postponed, went virtual more than anything. And trail races seem to fight and claw to kind of, make their way and stay alive, you're seeing a huge transition from road guys um, jumping into the trail. If, if you looked at JFK's field this year, 
there were two 16, two 17, two 18 marathoners trying to run 50 milers for the first time. Why? Because there was nowhere else to race. So I, I just love these short distances at, as entry level and then see where it takes their career from there. Mm-hmm. That's great. And so now that we've got kind of your scouting report of the field out, Wesley's promised he's going to have something more for us soon with his prediction. Why don't we just settle? What's going to, what's going to happen after Wesley gets all of these predictions wrong in this video that comes out, what is he going to owe you for this, Brian? Cause I'm, you know, it's a really self field, but I'm just, I'm not sure he's going to get any winner, right? Maybe that'll be my prediction. Yeah, he, he definitely won't. Um, and so here, here's the thing with, with Wesley, he doesn't re- I don't really don't want to place any type of wager. Like it's good enough for me just for him to do the prediction video enough. I laugh so hard at these prediction videos and even as I'm watching them and, and I'm listening to his predictions, knowing how wrong they are, like I can hear him and he says in number five, and then he throws it out there and I'm just like, no way. That's not even going to be close. So Honestly, just him doing it is that's enough for me. It really is. Well, hey, maybe when I get it 100% correct, uh, maybe you'll have to owe me something. Maybe I'll get 100% correct. I'll go out to the race next year and uh, it'll actually be my <laughs> race. So. so, oh, and so I, I have to back up a little bit here. I totally glazed over this whole situation, but our course record holder in the 50K is David Ryland. Um, young kid, absolute monster. He signed up for the 50K and he's a, a doctor of physical therapy. He's going through his residency program right now. And, uh, you know, I've run a ton of miles with David. Great kid. Um, he was found out a couple of weeks ago that he's going to be moving to Alaska um, to take a job. Yeah, Alaska, like way up there or over there. I don't know which way it is, but Alaska. So his time, his commitment to his training hasn't been where he wants it to be. So now, two things. He transferred down to the 12 and a half K, um, which that's going to be a, a sight to see the young Kevin white, the, the 800 meter specialist going up against a pretty stout trail runner. Who's done a lot in the sport. Um, it's going to be fun to watch. But the other thing is all those guys in Ohio who are tired of getting whipped by David Ryland and ultra races, you can breathe a little easier. He's not going to be around here. He's going to be in Alaska but I feel bad for those people up in Alaska. It's going to be terrible. Like all of a sudden this guy's just going to be flying past them. Um, you know, that's, that's not what you want in your hometown. You just don't want that. So it's going to be amazing having David here. We're going to miss him in the state of Ohio, but wish him the best for sure. Yeah, that is both great news kind of for us uh, looking to have a little less competitive races and also for uh, David to go up there and just absolutely crush some Alaskan course records. Um, but so with all this said, right, I got to assume there's at least one person out there. My guess is it's Eric Anderson, who's listening to this, who's super stoked about this scouting report for this race. Is there any way we can follow along at home on that Saturday? Uh, Brian, would you fill us in on that? Yeah, there is. So we're really excited, <clears throat> nervous, um, anxious, um, but we are launching. Um, so we, we recently renamed our uh, race, time, race management company, Mid-Ohio Race Management. Um, we did that. We were vertical runner race management and really simple reason for changing the branding. Um, people would, people would associate vertical runner race management with vertical run of the store. So they would be signed up for one of our races. They would call the store, get a, a associate at the store and say, yeah, I'm signed up for this race. I want to change my shirt size. And that associate at the store has no clue how to help them. Um, so separating the vertical runner brand with the mid Ohio brand, uh, made a lot of sense for us. And one of the things we are doing is um, we're bringing in um, quite the character, um, but one of my favorites, uh, Jordan McKelly. Um, he's an ultra runner out of Columbus. He's got his own podcast, um, and uh, he's just an awesome um, on-air host. You know, similar to all you guys, uh, of course. Um, but he is going to be helping us launch Mid Ohio TV. And what this is going to be is it's going to be live footage of the race. It's going to be start line cams, finish line cams. It's going to be interviews with, with the winners, interviews with racers um, that have amazing stories to tell. It's going to be live updates from the course. So I'm going to be out there with my phone at the Creek crossings, giving you live footage of what it looks like people tackling, going across these, these stream crossings. So it's going to be just a very interactive way for those folks that, you know, didn't get in before it sold out or are just curious about what the race environment's like give them a chance to, to kind of dive in and, and see us um, in action and see what the race is all about so they can put it on their calendar for next year. 
Um, also, if you have a runner um, participating, you can jump on there and you can kind of find out how they're doing and you can see them coming through on loop number two and uh, just interact in a totally different way. And I think this sport needs more of that. Um, that's why I love what you guys do. Um, kind of bringing to light our little niche sport here. There's not a lot of, you know, if you want to follow professional or college basketball or baseball or football, there's a ton of ways to do that, but you can't follow local ultra running. You just can't. And even if you get online and look at the results, it doesn't really tell the story. You want to see what it was all about. So this is going to be a fun way for us to interact. We hope it goes off how we want it to. If it doesn't, we'll learn a bunch of lessons and we'll be better next time. Um, but we're really excited to do that. The other way is if you, if you just want to follow the results, I mean, all of our results are posted on midohiorn.com. Um, you know, we've got splits on the course, so you'll be able to see who's leading at what mile marker and, you know, where people are placing and if they're gaining time, um, you can see that, you know, so-and-so was six minutes ahead at the 18 mile mark, but oh, wow, it's cut down to four minutes at the 21 mile mark. So there's lots of ways to chase our race and find us on social media, Super Bowl Trail Championships. We'll be posting all kinds of fun stuff throughout the day. So yeah, we, we're not shy about letting people know that we're racing and having a great time doing it. So Brian, the one thing that I've kind of always been impressed by this race and kind of how you've kind of grown this thing from basically, you know, nothing like you kind of said was, you know, it started off even like the past couple of years, you've had race interviews with like the top five finishers at least like every race so you can go on social media and find out you know a quick three minute hit and that was what you were already doing which was like more than you know a ton of other race directors are doing at all and now you're even bringing it up higher and just raising the bar uh it's just absolutely incredible to see and i'm excited to you know wake up at six in the morning over here in mountain time to follow <laughs> this race along because i mean it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be one of those things where you set the must watch with uh all those people it's gonna be great um so I'm super excited. But one thing I want to know is what are some other trail running opportunities uh, within mid-Ohio race management? Yeah, so we're we, we are pretty we're pretty blessed to have amazing trail running. Part of it comes from the fact that Ohio is loaded with runners. I mean, we have so many top runners in this area. And then a lot of those runners are branching out into race directing. I mean, I know Michael has amazing races down there when he's not getting permit blocked. Um, you know, he's got some epic races that are on my calendar too, um, to come down there and hit, but just within our little group, um, you know, we've partnered with a group or a camp, uh, I'm at the edge of the Mohican um, forest, which was actually our, our beneficiary of run across Ohio camp Nahab, and they've got an amazing trilogy of races. So every year the fuzzy Fandango, um, is in November. And that that's one race that if you're a trail runner in the state of Ohio, you have to be there. I mean, it is. 600 plus runners, distance, distances from 5k up to 50k at the edge of the Mohican State Park. It's on private, most of it's on private property um, right there at the camp. Um, amazing pre-race, amazing post-race. I mean, the, the camp is, is awesome anyhow, but it's kind of like who's who of running is there and it's a party. It's great food. It's great beer afterwards. It's great camaraderie. Um, it is just, it's an event you don't want to miss. Um, they also, we just hosted the Vertical Mile at the same camp. And it is exactly what you think it is. Um, it is just a mile of vert. Um, this year it ended up being like 18 miles. So it's three mile loops, six of them. Um, and I think my Garmin had me at like a little over 7,000 feet of gain. Um, insane, you know, and, and the who's who of, of local ultra running is there too. You know, Gabe won, Jacob was second. I, you know, I was top five or whatever. Zach Marin was there. I mean, it's, it's loaded with runners but it is just the most miserably hard event you've ever seen. But then, then we give them some beer and some, some food and then everybody stands around the campfire and talks about how they can't wait to do it next year. Um, but then we have a brand new race coming up in April, um, called the cold pricklies. So, um, really weird name, but it makes a lot of sense if you're in that, um, in that realm of, uh, you know, the fuzzy Fandango, um, is based on the warm fuzzies the cold pricklies is based on the cold pricklies. And so we've got 10, 20 and 30 mile um, race distances. It happens right at their private beach. So when you're done, you can just hang out right at the beach, um, obviously beer and, and really good food afterwards. So when you come to a race down at the hop, it is truly like an experience. I mean, it is an all day come and see your friends type of experience. And that's why they sell out all the time. Um, but we've got, you just have to go to our website, mid Ohio RM. We are always out there racing. We're always out there having a good time. 
Um, and uh, you just need to make sure you sign up early because that's the number one complaint I get is, hey, I'm trying to sign up for the Fuzzy Fandango and it won't let me. I'm like, yeah, because you're like two months late. I think sold out in about 24 hours. So you just have to stay on top of it. Find us on social media because we're pretty mm-hmm. pretty good about giving you a heads up when registration is going to happen and uh, come race with us. I mean, you're going to find that it, like I've been trying to explain it, it's an experience. It's not just a race. It is a full start to finish experience. Keeps you wanting to come back. Yeah, of course. I'll just, I'm going to have to make a mental note of that. I've definitely stayed up to midnight to make a few race signups before. So, you know, uh, can recommend doesn't make for the best night of sleep, but you know, you're definitely on the list. Um, We appreciate it. And and I will tell you, you guys have an inside uh, scoop here. If you need to enter a race, you just let me know. And I will make sure we take care of you to have top reporters at your race. Um, you really can't beat that kind of marketing. So we would definitely let you in. I mean, you have to pay full price, but we would definitely let you in. Yeah, no question. Of course, we we would want it no other way, Brian. Um, (laughs) And so with all that said, um, you know, I assume you're not in the back room there at Vertical Runner actually sewing those puffy vests up yourself. Do you all have any race partners uh, that Mid-Ohio works with to help make these races happen? Yeah. So first thing I have to tell you is in my office at home, Mm -hmm. I have a single head embroidery machine that does this. So when you throw on your Super Bowl trail championships race jacket, you there's very good likelihood that I have knitted that baby out myself on my home machine. So anyhow, I actually not at vertical runner, but at home, my wife would kill me because she just hears that thing. Just bang, 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 bang all night long. It, it's, it's, it's awesome. So, but, um, we do, we've got amazing race partners. Um, the one, um, car dealership in town, it's much more than a car dealership, college Hills, Honda. Um, they, these guys are insane. I mean, we're lucky because two or three of the, uh, of the employees there, key employees there are ultra runners themselves and they're at our races, but it's kind of like, if we have a race, we just tell them what it is and they make sure they sponsor it. Um, they have thrown so much money at our beneficiaries in the past years. Um, it's, it's incredible. So we're lucky to have college Hills Honda on board all the time. Um, especially at this race, the local brewery, I mean, this year, um, COVID is a little bit of a bummer, obviously for lots of reasons. Um, normally what we do is after the race, we let people go home, shower, clean up, and then come back in the evening for a, just a huge after party. I mean, it's 200 runners in the past. We've given out flannels, um, when we didn't do the puppy vest. So everybody puts on their flannel and it looks like a lumberjack convention going on in the local brewery. Um, but it, it's hilarious. It's just jam packed in there. And these guys are such good hosts. Um, you know, local brewery, you can bring in your own food. Um, normally they have a food truck outside where you can snag some food and come back in and keep enjoying some of their amazing beer. Um, but we're lucky to have JFB on, on our side too, that it's, it's awesome when you can go to a, to another business owner and just say, Hey, here's what we're trying to do. And there's no questions. It's just, yeah, let's, let's make sure that happens. And let's make sure that people come into town and, and leave Worcester going, I can't wait to go back to that cool little town. It's pretty neat. So we're lucky to have great race partners. And then from my side, um, I couldn't do any of this stuff without the, the race team that I have. Um, so mid Ohio race management, isn't just me standing there doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, you know, I've got incredible race timers. I've got lots of really in, intense volunteers that show up every single year to handle anything from, you know, I've got a guy, Rob Ballou, who's a, a trail runner. He comes down to your area and runs a lot of races, but the guy gets up and just runs the course the morning of the race and make sure that all the course markings are in place and make sure that no one's going to get lost. Like having volunteers that are willing to get up early and come out and just run the course and, and ensure that we're going to get people from point A to point B without getting them off course. I couldn't do this without people like that. I have a guy named Brian Kuiper who comes every year and just does parking. That's all he does. He just shows up early. First person shows up. They don't randomly park in the wrong spot. He points them exactly where to park. My wife is home right now working on chili um, recipes. So, I mean, it's like this whole group of people come together um, to make this one very magical weekend. And I'm lucky to have every one of them. Mm-hmm. And that's, we love to hear those details that go into these races, you know, cause even a lot of the ultra running media is focused on this one person and their journey to do this thing, but you know, nothing you ever do is in a vacuum, you know, and the whole sort of like constellation of people that it takes to get 
this one person to run Super Bowl 50K, right? From the their support network and their life and whoever their crew is, or even if they don't have a crew, just whoever they vent to when they have that bad run to, you know, your wife at home right now making chili and then you keeping her up at night with the embroidery machine. And these people at a car dealership, these people may never have heard of, you know, and may never even visit, but they're going to leave Worcester having had a better experience because of that. That's all really great to hear. And those are the kind of details that we love to hear about. Um, but so with that said, uh, some other details that I'm sure people are going to love to hear about, or maybe not love to hear about, but would want to hear about is what COVID precautions are going to be going on at this race. Yeah. So we're trying to keep it as normal as possible. So um, our COVID precautions, we've been working real hard um, over the past you know, six months to try and keep live in-person racing when most people aren't. And it's pretty simple. So for us, the biggest change this year was we had to split our event up over two days. So the 50 K, the 12 and a half K and the five K will happen on Saturday, the 25 K, which is a pretty large field will happen standalone on Sunday. Um, it's one of those things that we have to do just to create enough spacing at the park. I'm kind of excited about it because I think sometimes the 25 K just gets lost in the commotion of this really amazing 50 K. And now we can just really focus in on those athletes that are out there chasing after that 25 K, um, which a lot of us are totally, we've lost it. Like we think that 25 K is a shorter distance. Um, for a lot of people, 25 K is a monumental, um, achievement. Like 25 K is really far. Let's not, um, kid ourselves here. So it's kind of cool that we can feature that thing. Um, a lot of the other stuff is real simple. Like we're just trying to eliminate touch points. So touchless packet pickup, it's as simple as we package everybody's stuff up in a Ziploc bag, throw their name on the front of it on a label. We put it on tables. So when you arrive, there's no standing in line. There's no talking or, or getting a packet from a volunteer. You just walk up to a table, grab your packet, your race bib, your pins, your race giveaways, everything's in there. You're race ready. Um, wave starts at the start line. So we're breaking people up into smaller groups. Um, having different race distances already helps with that. But um, by sending out, you know, 10 runners every minute, we've now thinned out that runner traffic on the trail and keep everybody safe and also satisfy our local health department. Um, and then the, the finish line, you know, everything is grab and go. Everything is to go so that we can encourage you to take your items and go find an open space and stop and enjoy them. I mean, even our post-race party is, instead of it being this really huge group all in the brewery at one time, we're now taking that 350 runners and we're splitting them up over two days and over 10, 12 hours. Um, and just thinking about ways to minimize huge group settings um, and keep everybody safe. And then obviously, you know, the most annoying one is the facial coverings. And I think at this point, everybody's kind of gotten used to wearing a facial covering in group settings. Um, so we're just asking people wear facial covering up to the start line. Absolutely do not need to wear them out on the course, but you know, before and after the race, if you're not eating, it's kind of the normal thing we've um, sadly gotten used to over the last year is, you know, facial coverings have kind of become part of what we do. I can't wait to get rid of them, um, but we're doing it just as a precaution, keep everybody safe. So in general, it's racing. I mean, it's, it's going out there and racing as fast as you can and seeing your friends and enjoying the trail. Um, but just some precautions to make sure everybody stays safe. Well, we're glad to hear that. And, you know, it's going to be awesome to kind of, that the events obviously pushing forward and it's going to be, you know, a super awesome weekend this weekend. I know so many people are looking forward to being out on those trails and kind of just, you know, seeing some people that they may, they might not have seen as often recently. Um, I, but I've got a question here from Chadwick Robinson in the chat, uh, two part question here. What are your thoughts on the movie Gremlins? And the second part is, Brian, do you think that Cam uses hairspray to keep his hair looking so awesome? All right. So to answers to both of those, and I actually have a question back to Chadwick. Like, how's he not in this race? Like, what, like, what is he doing? Like, can you imagine, can you imagine the, the insane video, recap video he would make of this journey, um, driving all the way down from his house and, stopping at like seven McDonald's to grab some egg McMuffins along the way. Like I, how, how he's not in this video I have, or in this race, I have no idea, but the movie gremlins. Um, yeah, I watched it as a kid um, when they threw the gremlin in the microwave and turned it on and he totally exploded. That was it for me. I was young. I couldn't take it anymore. So I haven't watched it since the only way that gremlins even pops into my radar now is when 
uh, Chadwick mentions it on his videos all the time. So I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't really know how else to react to that other than he's him. He and gremlins have become synonymous. And then referring to Cam's hair, I don't mention anything about hair. Like I don't have any hair at all. Like I'm literally going bald faster than I know what to do. So I usually just put a hat on and go. So when a guy has hair, I tell him just do his thing, do whatever he wants to do. You're it's your world. Enjoy it while you got it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. For whatever reason, you know, we may still have to have a Ridge Runners watch party for this movie Gremlins and Chadwick's probably sponsored by them under the rug that he doesn't want to tell us yet because uh, he's, he's going to plug that movie like crazy. And I don't, I still haven't watched it myself. So uh, we may have to get a big party going. That's because Wesley, you're not near old enough to even know what Gremlins is. Like he's dating himself big time. I mean, that was when we were kids and you're way too young for that. I mean, you're still a kid. Oh yeah. No, I mean, you're, you're just a couple years older than me, Brian. So it's, uh, it's yeah. Good. Yeah. A couple <laughs> years older than you. Yeah. I have kids older than you, man. <laughs> yeah, no, this is, this has been a lot of fun and, uh, we're going to get to a couple final questions here. Um, you know, one thing, uh, we, I think we did our quick questions that we normally ask with you, Brian on Regeners live number 15. So we're going to mix it up a little bit, throw a couple curveballs at you uh, for this one, kind of maybe even Super Bowl related. Uh, what's one piece of advice that you give someone who's running uh, one of your races this weekend? Yeah. So I would tell them, uh, don't plan to run the first loop faster than you plan to run the last loop. Um, I can't tell you how many people go out, blitz the first loop, and maybe they don't even finish the race, or maybe that last loop is a major grinder. Um, there's nothing like passing people on the last loop and finishing strong and coming across the line looking good um, in that finish line photo. So take it easy, um, speed up as you go. Awesome. Uh, what's one thing that your runners are not going to be able to leave the aid station without? Well, you know, the aid stations are pretty minimalized um, in this COVID era. So a lot of it is is grab and go and, and take on the, on the road. So I would say the cool thing about our race is it's multiple loops. So you can set up your own little aid station. So I would say they shouldn't leave their aid station without that secret weapon that they put in their cooler on the table um, because they're going to need it for the next 7.75 miles. That's a good answer. Uh, you know, we, we had our walk-up song, you know, if ultra running had walk-up songs like baseball, uh, but let's, let's modify a little bit. If you're going to play a song, maybe at the start of the race, uh, what song should runners kind of expect, or is that something that you'll uh, share on race day? Well, so if if it's a if it's a PG um, race, I probably go with uh, Donza Caduro because my uh, my, my wife and my wife and I love to travel into the Caribbean, and we just love that flow. And whenever I hear that, I just start thinking about jiving and dancing around. But if it's if it's a not a PG race. I probably go with uh, a song um, by Logic and Marshmallow um, every day. Um, it's definitely not appropriate, um, but man, it, it, it tells the story for sure. So if you haven't heard it, it'll make total sense when you Google it. That is, I mean, those are two awesome additions that are going to be added to our Spotify playlist. And I cannot wait to uh, throw those on, you know, back in the day when I was playing soccer every single day and, you know, running up and down the fields, our soccer team actually listened to that song every day before practice so good. and every game. So that was on our warm-up list and just absolutely incredible. Uh, is there any final sponsors you want to say thank you to and where are you located again uh, at your store right now? And just any final sponsors? Yeah. So the final sponsor is just my wife and she's the one that Tammy is the one that lets me do all this craziness. She, I'm like, yeah, I want to put on a race. And she says, okay, okay, great. What do you need from me? So she's, she's really the, the workhorse behind this whole thing. Um, but me, I'm here in the, the vertical runner, um, space. I don't know if you guys can, can see, but that's, that is vertical runner Worcester. Whoa. Did I lose you? No, so that, you're here. That is, <laughs> that is us. That is Vertical Runner Worcester. Um, we're in this historic uh, building from 1890. Um, my wife and I bought this thing and brought it back to life a couple years back. And um, this is the local running hub. So if you ever come into this area, you're here for business, you're here for pleasure, you're in, even close to this area, stop in and just say hi. Um, it's filled with amazing people and all of our associates love to run and love the running community. So Stop in here, find out where the local group run is, and uh, we'll point you in the right direction. So, 
Yeah. And it's really accessible to basically like basically anywhere in Ohio. Like if you're in Columbus and traveling up to Cleveland, you, know, you can just swing by and if you're going opposite Cleveland, you're not that far away either. So definitely go check out Vertical Runner there uh, in Worcester if you haven't already. Uh, Brian, this is an absolutely incredible show. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us tonight and uh, kind of preview the Super Bowl trail championships that are taking place this Saturday and Sunday. We cannot wait to see the results kind of that come out of that race next week. Uh, no, we don't really announce this, but next week, how about we just get the winners from some of the races on Ridge Runners Live? And, uh, you know, that can be next week's show and kind of highlight their accomplishments and kind of tell the story uh, from their race out there. And I'm sure, you know, it's gonna be a pretty special one. So we're super excited to kind of talk to those individuals next week on Ridge Runners Live. Uh, if you haven't already, hit subscribe, hit the like button on video. I uh, really, really appreciate all the support that we get from Return Nation. You guys are absolutely incredible. Uh, that's all we have for tonight. Brian, thanks so much for tuning in and being with us, and uh, we'll catch you guys in the next one. Ridge Runner Nation, thank you again for tuning in to another Ridge Runners live show. Remember, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple iTunes. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us out as well. If you don't follow us on social media, make sure to give us a follow. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, join our Strava Club so you can get mentioned in the Strava Rundown every single week. We'll see you next week, Rosanna Nation. Nation.